Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Let's kind of pick up where we left off last week. Go to the book of John, 3 John. 3 John. I've got two other scriptures I'd like to get to. I'll do my best to keep my eye on the time and who's laughing? Now, remember our words we've been using. There's four of them. Intention, influence, perception, and persuasion. What is God's intention? What is influencing you? Amen. What is influencing you? What is your perception? And what are you fully persuaded of? Now, the past three or four services we've taught on this, we, we bring to the conclusion this reality. God is the creator. What happened in creation, and we're talking about the fall, was not his intention. Amen. Therefore, thank God. Everybody say, thank God. He provided redemption. You say, what is redemption? It is that which God has done for us through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ which provides salvation, healing, deliverance, blessing, and assures us that when we die, we go to heaven. Anybody glad? I said, anybody glad? Lee and I were listening to some teaching yesterday of a man that fell down through some machinery on an oil rig and and, uh, fell down. They took him up dead, and he laid in a comatose state for four days in the hospital while his pastor interceded for him, and during that time, he was in heaven. And uh, the Lord told him, you're going to have to go back and called his pastor's name. says, your pastor's praying won't let you go. And uh, he said, I don't want to go back. And he said this. He said, he actually got up and testified in front of the church. He said, don't ever feel sorry for a Christian that dies. He said, it's the most glorious thing. He says, it's the most glorious thing that could ever happen to anybody. And he said, once in heaven, he says, I didn't want to leave, but... But, but he said like the Lord pulled back like it was a, a veil. And there's my pastor right there down in the hospital praying, telling God how much he needed this man in the church. Man gave 30% of his income, was the Sunday school superintendent, was a blessing. So the, the pastor just pled his case. And God said, you got to go back. Amen. But thank God for redemption. We all get to go to heaven. We all get to come back to the earth, live for a thousand years in a millennial reign. And then after that, the Bible says that God will use the church to manifest the wisdom of God throughout the expansions of time and ages throughout the universe. What is that going to be like? Woo! Glory to God. It ain't going to be like driving your car across the causeway, I guarantee you. Now, what we begin to explore, and that's why I kind of wanted to go this direction this morning. What we've explored in the past couple of weeks is the effects of creation or redemption. Now think about that for a minute. What is, what is the predominant effect in your life? Is it creation, which is fallen? Is it creation, which is death? Is it creation, which is sickness? Is it creation, which is depression? Is it creation, which all the negative stuff, the Bible calls the devil the God of this world. What is that? 2 Corinthians 4, 4. He is the God of this world. You know, when when, when Jesus was in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4, and Satan came to him and said, all the kingdoms of the world I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. You remember that? Well, that was a legitimate temptation. 
because all of the kingdoms of the world belong to Satan because mankind, or Adam, gave them over to him. So all that's in creation is cursed and fallen. Thank God that's how we got here, through procreation. But now, by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and His finished work upon the cross, thank God, now there's redemption. Creation was subject to the fall. Redemption is not. I said redemption is not. So the effects of the two are kind of in a, in a, in a wrestling match in your life. The effects of creation, the effects of redemption. Now... Here's why we've used these words. Number one, redemption is the intention of God and all of the intention of God is revealed in redemption. Listen, it's not His will that any man go to hell, uh, any man or woman go to hell. He says it is his, it's His will that all uh, be saved and come into the knowledge of God. Listen, it's not His will that anyone be sick. And we, we interchange the word will and intention. It's not His will or intention that anybody be poverty ridden. It's not His will or intention that anybody have lack or, or not have enough money to live on. It's not His intention that anybody be addicted or have any, any problems like that. It is His intention that you might have life and that you might have it in abundance. Now, in order to receive that and live in that, you've got to come in under the influence of it. But you've got to understand, the influence of creation is very strong in our lives. Where we live, we live on an earth. We live on the planet in which this system operates. We have a body in the state of decay. We have a mind that must be renewed by the Word of God. We have an enemy loosed upon this earth called the devil and all his demons. So we've got to make a decision to live under the influence of redemption and break the influence of creation in our life. Amen. When you do that, your perspective changes. Amen. You don't see things the way you used to. You don't see darkness, you see light. You don't see death, you see life. You don't see sickness, you see healing. Your whole perception, perception of, the, of the earth and, and yourself and, and, and the church and the Word and God and heaven and everything changes as you come under the influence of His intention. Amen. Now, as you do that, that influence, that, that perception changes, next thing you know you become what? Fully persuaded. And the Bible says whoever gets fully persuaded, God's going to perform on their behalf. Amen? So here's a scripture that we use, and we'll flip over to another one. Scripture in, in, in the third John, there's only one chapter in third John. I'm going to read it in the, in the uh, King James first. Then I'm going to read the Amplified. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. I don't like the word wish there. I, I just don't like it. It's too Disney for me. Uh, I like it in the Amplified. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way. Amen. Amen. Oh, I didn't get enough amens on that one. Amen. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way. Amen. That your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. Now, this is the will of God. This is the intention of God for you. So when you make a decision, now listen, you make a decision, I'm tired, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, of being sick and tired, of being sick and tired. I'm tired of the world, the flesh, and the devil. I, all this junk that clutters my mind, all this junk that try to, tries to get into my life. With that conscious decision, you can step over into the blessings of God. Now listen, just like there's effort to live under the curse, you can't just go lay down on the sidewalk and expect everything to be okay. Amen. Now there's people that try that, but it doesn't work. You've got to put effort. Life takes effort. Life takes effort. 
don't put all your effort into the creation side. Put it into the redemption side. Put it into studying the Bible. Put it into prayer. Put it into coming to church and hearing the Word of God. Put it into what you're doing uh, to, to be a witness, to be a soul winner. Put it into all of it. Put it in to the redemptive side, and I guarantee you this promise of the Word of God will become the reality of it because God's already provided the promise for us. That's, you know, I was meditating on this the other day and thinking about promises, promises, promises. As I said, as we opened the service this morning, I said, that's why so many people observe the Word of God as the promises of God. Many, many of them have promise book put on them. We have promise boxes in which people pull them. But when your perception changes under the influence of redemption, you realize these are not promises. These are mine. This is who I am. This is what I have. This is what I can do in Christ Jesus. This is not some pie in the sky I'm going to get one day when I get to heaven. This is reality right here and right now. Amen. Amen. Now, if you will, go, go over to John. Then we'll go over to 1 Corinthians. We'll go to 1 Corinthians. Then we'll go to, well, let's go to John first. John chapter 10. Now, this is a very familiar portion of Scripture that we've used so many times, so many different angles, so many different ways. John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief, everybody say the thief. Now we know that's the devil. He cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I like that I am right there. I got me a big red I am in my Bible. That's Jesus. I am come. Thank God he came. I am come that they. Now who are they? The they are the whosoevers that will step in under that redemptive influence and begin to discover the vast expanses of the intentions of God. Amen? I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Now, literally in this scripture, we see the two. We see creation and we see redemption. Now, come on. Right there in that scripture. I mean, I was looking around for some deep scripture, you know, lots of meaning, all the Greek words. And the Lord said, why are you going to do that? Just make it simple. I said, just make it simple. The thief cometh not for to kill, steal, and to destroy. That is the intention of your adversary and this fallen world and its system. Amen? So all that's going in your life that's coming in to steal, to kill, to destroy, broken relationships, no money, body sick and diseased, addictions, all of that that's coming into your life is part of the fallen creation. The whole world is going through this. Doesn't matter. They say, rich people don't go through that. Yes, they do. Well, poor people don't go. Yes, they do. White people don't go. Yes, they do. Black people don't go. Yes, they do. All you have to do is be alive. (laughs) Upon this planet. And I guarantee you there's going to be some stealing, some killing, and some destroying in your life. Because that is the status quo for creation. Amen? But, thank God, when his intention got thwarted in creation, he looked down the portal of time and he saw the I am coming. Oh, come on. Y'all need to wake up in here this morning. I know I just came from a camp meeting, but that's just the way it is. Amen? He looked down the portal of time and he saw the I am coming. You say, which I am is that? That is the I am that said, I've come to give you life. Come to give you life. Not just give you life, but give it to you 
supersize. Everybody say supersize it. <laughs> Amen. I don't do that at Whataburger no more. But I do it in the Word of God. Boy, when I see prosperity in the Word of God, I say supersize it. I say healing to see healing in the Word of God. I say supersize it. I see blessing in the Word of God. I say supersize. Give it to me in abundance. <laughs> now, the good news is, through the I am that has come, he destroyed the ability of the adversary to encroach upon humanity the negative effects of creation. Now, when you realize that, you realize, now wait a second. You mean all of the stealing can stop? All of the stealing can stop. You mean all of the killing can stop? All of the killing can stop. You mean all of the destruction and being, it can stop. It can stop. Amen. But how it stops is based upon your choice to get up under that umbrella of life in abundance that God has for you in Christ Jesus. Now, with that in mind, go to 1 Corinthians real quick. I love this scripture. 1 Corinthians, I'm going to read it in the King James, then I'm going to come back and read it in the Amplified. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. It says, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolish unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have, everybody say we have, the mind of Christ. Now let me read that in the Amplified. I love it in the Amplified. But the natural or non-spiritual man does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart the gifts and teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God. For they are folly, meaningless, nonsense to him. And he is inadequate of knowing them, of progressively recognizing, understanding, and becoming better acquainted with them because they are spiritually discerned, estimated, and appreciated. But we, but the spiritual man, everybody say, that's us, tries all things. The, he examines, investigates, inquires into, questions and discerns all things. Yet he himself, he himself, let me find it here, yet, yet is himself, uh, he is put on trial and judged by no one. He can read the meaning of, of everything, but no one can properly discern or appraise or get an insight into him. Listen, let me help you with that. That means all your friends and family that live over here under the curse of the fallen creation, they don't have a clue who you are. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't know why you talk the way you do. They don't know why you do the things you do. Amen? Now, the Bible says you're judged of no man. That means when they make judgment on you, it doesn't stick. No. Well, they're crazy. If, listen, if we responded to all the people that said we're crazy, we'd all be crazy. But you notice it didn't stick. You say, why? We're judged of no man. Now, listen to this in the Amplified. 
For who has known, this is verse 10, for who has known or understood the mind, the counsels and purposes of the Lord, as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge. But we have the mind of Christ the Messiah. Woo! Somebody should have shouted. But we have the mind of Christ the Messiah and do hold the thoughts, the feelings, and the purposes of his heart. Now you say, well, well, Pastor, what this this redemptive thing, it's so mysterious, it's so, it's so, you know, it's all up in heaven, it's all in the spirit. But God says, no, no, I've taken and deposited everything about the purpose of it, the intentions of it, the goodness of it, the blessings of it. It's not locked in some vault up in heaven. I've opened the vault of the human heart and I've placed it in the human heart. Everybody say, it's in me. Say it's in me. Literally, and it's not in you after you've gone to Bible school for 40 years. It's not in you after you've done some great missions work. It's not in you after you've built... No, it got in you the day you got born again. The intents and thoughts of the very heart of the Redeemer got on the inside of you and they're working trying to get out. They're trying to get... Healing's in you trying to get into your body. Prosperity's in you. The Bible says it like this. In Him we live and move and have my being. For it's God that worketh in you, both the will and the do of His good pleasure. All those scriptures are talking about, boy, when you got born again, a mighty deposit of life, a mighty deposit of light, a mighty deposit of redemption, a mighty deposit of healing power, a mighty deposit of all the goodness of God, a mighty deposit of prosperity was placed right on the inside of you. But there's a hard nut on the outside. And your life's work (laughs) is to crack that nut. That mind nut, that flesh nut, that devil nut, that world system nut. It's got to be cracked and that life and that light and that anointing has to be let out. And as it come out, it touches your life, it touches your health, it touches your prosperity, it touches everything, touches your business, touches your job. We prayed for one guy this morning's dog. It'll touch your dog. I got a text the other day from Pastor Mark Brzee. He said, Rusty, he said, what scriptures do you use to pray for your dog? I said, well, first of all, I go over to, uh, to, to, to Deuteronomy 28 where the Bible says that we're blessed in our cattle. I said, well, we ain't got no cattle, but we got dogs. Their dog was limping around, limping around, limping around. So when I saw him at the Freedom Crusade, I said, hey, Pastor Mark, how's your dog doing? He says, he's healed. There's that much life in what's on the inside of you. It'll touch your child. It'll touch your neighbor. Any place you're willing to let that that life out, let that light out of you. That's why the Bible says Jesus taught us that. He said, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the world. Don't don't take your light and hide it under a bushel. That's why we're going to get all these packages, go through all these. We're going to let our light shine. We're not going to hold it just under the cover of Island Church on 69th. We're going to let it shine all out through the neighborhoods. You know, when we, we, we experienced a wonderful move of God in revival in Hawaii for many years, and one of the things we did was we went to the street. I don't know if we did it by the unction and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, or we just didn't have any more sense to do it. We just wanted people to be touched by God. And so we got not only the churches that were there, which were most of the local people, so that kept us a little safe, but then we went out. And I tell you, you can ask Leah and others that were with us during that time, 
house after house after house. Now you got to realize this is an area of Hawaii where they, you know, they, they, it's, it's just a, it's tough. It's a tough area. These little towns on that west, west coast of Oahu. And we'd walk up and we'd start sharing Jesus with them. And about halfway through sharing Jesus, they would all say this. Why are you doing this? Why? why? You know, all, most people like you, they come to Hawaii. They go to Waikiki. They go to some other island. They stay and rejoice. What are you, what are you people doing out here walking these streets and, and, going, and coming up to our house and telling us about Jesus? And we just have to tell them, it's because God loves you. We're here because God loves you. We're here because God cares for you. We're, we're here. We are so overwhelmed by the love of God ourselves. We've got to go everywhere God tells us to go and share this light. We've got to go share this love. That's one thing about the redemptive power and living under the influence and the perception of redemption. The more you enter into it, the more you want to give it away. The more you want to share it with people. I've always noticed that people that don't want to share it, people that don't want to go out and preach, people that don't want to, and I'm not saying become a preacher, I'm just saying go out and share your testimony, share your life, be a soul winner, go out and touch your neighbor, touch your co-workers, touch your family. People that want to do that are usually living under the influence of the fallen creation. Trying, now listen to me, here's what people do. They live under the influence of that fallen creation, trying to get God to do something for them. Could you heal me? Could you do this? Could you? He's already done it. You just do not know that because you have the wrong influence, the wrong perception, and you're fully persuaded of the wrong thing. One, one person I witnessed to over about a two-year period of time, and their, their resistance was this. Well, if I walked into that church, the angels would fall out of heaven. I thought, you ain't, you ain't as bad as you think you are. Amen. But he was so fully persuaded by guilt, by guilt, that his sins were so bad that not even the blood of Jesus could cover it. See, that's under the influence of the cursed and fallen world. That steals, kills, and destroys is what that does. But once you figure out the thoughts, I like, it, I like it like this, the thoughts, the feelings, the purposes of his heart are in your heart, you begin to realize there ain't no hard cases out there. There's nobody that can't be reached by the Word of God. There's no situation too hard for Him. What is too hard for the Lord? You begin to realize nothing is impossible with God. You begin to realize this message, this, this, this spirit, this anointing, this blessing is so great. Literally, it can change the world. That's what they said about the Christians in the book of Acts. These are whom in which have turned the world upside down with their doctrine. It's about time we start flipping some neighborhoods. It's about time we start flipping some cities, flipping some nations, believing God for the big things of God. You say, why? Because we are the containers of the thoughts and the feelings and the purposes of His heart. You say, why are you building that building? That's the purpose of His heart. Why do you give to these missions? That's the purpose of His heart. Why are we going to go to those neighborhoods? That's the purpose of His heart. And the more you cooperate that with that, the more you come under the influence of the redemptive power and blessing of God. And then your perspective changes. We were thinking about that, talking about that the other day. Lee and I, when 
We, we ran into some, to some wonderful people that we haven't seen in many years. Lois Godwin was Brother Osteen's personal secretary for many years. Ran into her, talked with her, fellowshiped with her, several other people from, from, uh, uh, from Lakewood. And, and uh, uh, Martha Mott, one of the old full gospel businessmen, uh, uh, businessmen uh, their wife. Just fellowship and talking about all these wonderful times, old times, things like that. And Lee and I began to think about, or we began to talk about how, you know, when God called us to, to Galveston and how our, how our field ministry was so successful and, and the blessings of God and all that God was doing. And, and it, was, it was, I think it was during that question and answer session. We had a question and answer session for the ministers while we were there at the camp meeting and, and they called on me to answer a question. And I, I, uh, I, I told them, I said, that they, I, the question was this, is there anything in your early ministry that has, that, that has t- radically and totally changed, that now you don't believe that anymore, you believe something else. Well, a couple of people shared something else. And we talked about how early in our ministry, we used to say things like, well, we'll never, we'll never pastor a church. We'll, we'll, never, we'll never have any kids. You know, we'll be going to the world. We'll be too busy for all that. But all that changed. Yeah. Now you say, why did all that change? And it's, it, the way it changed is so miraculous. The way we got together. We, listen, we prayed and we wanted to go to Hawaii where the revival was taking place. We wanted to come anywhere but Galveston. No, that's, that's not because Galveston is Galveston. That's because we spent 15 years of our life working in a church, but the, 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 the mandates of the, of the church was we're not going to start any churches within 30, 30 miles of this church. And so we had, to, we had to resign all of our positions from the church and step out of the church and disassociate in order to come here and do that. Because of their rules of that. We don't want to do that. That's not good. That's not good for reputation or integrity. But we had to do it. Amen. We would have rather done anything else. But here's the thing. It was the feeling and purpose and mind of his heart and our heart. And I can remember a very clarion day when Lee and I looked at each other and said, you know, maybe we're going to have to pastor a church. Maybe. We need to start believing God to have a child. I mean, it was a radical change. You say, why? Because there is an expansion. And listen, let's don't get this wrong, this word out of place, but let's, let's use it to get the weight of it. There is an evolution in your spirit and in your heart as you walk in faith, from faith to faith and from glory to glory, of how what you thought you were so sure of 10 years ago Now his heart, his purpose, and everything else he desires to do in your life begins to come online and all of that changes. And next thing you know, you find yourself in another place of grace. Grace to start a church. Grace to have a child. Grace to start missions works. Grace to to start church. We weren't doing that in field ministry. We were just traveling around doing everything. But see, that, that, that intent, that feeling, that purpose of his heart expands. It grows. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And as it does, it reaches up into the spirit realm and it pulls down the grace. It pulls down the mercy when you make mistakes. It pulls down the blessing of God. It pulls down the favor of God. It's the greatest life you can ever live on the planet. We've fallen for the lie of the fallen created world. The greatest life you could ever live. This is fallen created. The greatest is if you have a lot of money. And you can have your jet skis and your mansion and your private jets. No, the greatest life you can ever live. Amen. Pastor, uh, Pastor Peter and Pastor Leonard, was that his name? 
The two pastors in whose church we held the minister's meeting in Tanzania, Pastor Sam flew them to the conference. And this was their first trip to America. Now, can you be, imagine being, you know, in your mid-40s, never being in America, and landing at an airport in the United States of America? I mean, they're walking around like this. Such, such, such precious people. I mean, such we, we fellowshiped with them, had a great, great time. They made us little bracelets and stuff. It was so cool. But what's amazing about that is the, thank God for the word they were being taught this week, the anointing, but just seeing something bigger, seeing something on a grander scale. They've never seen wealth like that. They've never seen things like they saw, buildings like they saw. But here's the thing, because they're not living under the, Fallen creation, they're living under the redemptive realities. It's not expanding greed. It's not expanding jealousy. It's causing their vision to explode. They want to go back and build a bigger church. They want to go back and do missions work. They want to go back. You say what? God is revealing in them the thoughts and feelings and purposes of his heart. That's the most precious thing you can ever discover in your own heart, in your own life, is when you begin through your effort of prayer, of the Word of God, study, being a part of a church that believes like this, when you begin to uncover and discover, you know, this is the thoughts of God toward me. This is a purpose of God toward me. These are things that God desires to ha- for me to have, for me to do, places He wants me to go, things He wants me to do, people He wants me to connect with. You be- I'm telling you by experience, it is one of the most incredible realities of living under that beautiful covering of redemption than you could ever experience. I've said it many times. I'll close with this. Don't just live life till death runs its course. Be bold enough to step out and serve God with everything you have and discover His true intention in your life. Allow yourself to come under the influence of that intention. Let it change your perspective. And I'm telling you, if you will do that, you will be fully persuaded of whatever it is you need to help bring that intention that God placed in you to pass. That's how it works. That's how faith comes. I'm going to tie all this together with faith. You say, what do you mean? A lot of people, they're over here, they're trying to get faith, they're studying the Word, but they're living under the influence of this fallen creation. And all they're trying to do is get out of a problem. All they're trying to do is get out of a situation or a circumstance. They're not really wanting a radical life change. They're not really wanting a radical mindset change. They're just wanting the pain to stop. They're just wanting the, the, the trauma of the situation to go away. They're just wanting things to be like they were before they had the problem. But that's not God's intention, honey. I said that's not God's intention. It's God's intention to pull you out of that and to pull you over into this place in God, in Christ Jesus, where He begins to reveal His intentions, His will, His blessing, and you get so under the influence of it that you say to God, whatever you say, Lord, wherever you say, whatever nation, whatever place, Whatever it is, I will do it. I will go. I'm yours. You are mine. You're the vine. I'm the branches. Next thing you know, all of the hold of that fallen creative system begins to let go of you. And you enter in over into this place where in your mind is this reality. Nothing 
is impossible with God. Amen? Lift up your hands and thank Him. Father, we worship You this morning. Thank You for the Word of God. Thank You for the anointing of God. Thank You for the blessing of God. For all that You've done, all that You're doing, all that You're going to do, we rejoice. Well, Father, thank You for another wonderful week. And Lord, as this week dawns upon us, we declare Your Word over the entire congregation. Lord, we know there are many that are on vacation, still some on 4th of July holiday. But Lord, we declare no evil befalls us, no plague comes in our dwelling place, angels have charge over us, and we thank you, Heavenly Father, no matter how or where we travel, airways, seaways, railways, highways, any other way of travel or transportation, we declare your protection and safety. Lord, in the righteous labor of our hands, wherever it may be, whatever we may do, We thank you we are not subject to evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. We bind accidents, we bind terror, we bind trauma, anything the enemy would try to use to steal, kill, and destroy. We do not live in that system any longer. Thank you we're protected by Almighty God. We live under that umbrella of his protection. Lord, as we leave today, thank you for that open door of utterance for every person. We pray that every week. We pray that all week that a door of utterance would be given unto us that we may boldly speak your word. Stretch forth your hand that signs and wonders would be done in the name of your holy child Jesus. Father, we thank you that we'll be an answer to somebody's prayer this week, a problem to the devil. We'll be a miracle in somebody's life. Thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, we leave today walking in faith and love towards you and love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.